Grace and peace to you, Bloom. Welcome to our guided liturgy podcast. Our prayer for you as you engage the scripture, the prayers, the confession is that you would be drawn into the beauty of Christ in you, among you, and moving through you. This week I have with me, as always, Taryn and Dulce and Seth. Hello. Hi. We also have a guest with us, Olayinka Obasanya. Yep. That's me. <laughs> and uh, this is like a special edition. I don't know if we've been doing this podcast long enough to have a special edition. We usually, in the scripture moment, in these times together, we usually uh, have a discussion based on the, the scripture that's given to us in the lectionary. And we've been in the book of Acts in this season. Tonight, we're going to talk about something that's been a theme for us lately as a church, and that is lament. We will draw from uh, both last week's podcast episode. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go listen to that and then come back to this episode. We'll also draw from our conversation on racism in the church with Olayinka and Crystal Obasanya that we had on Saturday night at our church. And you can find that at bloom.church slash live. You can watch that entire conversation. So those two things uh, we will reference and we're drawing on as we continue the conversation together today on Lament in the Church. Bloom, let's join with the church worldwide and say the prayer of the day together. Grant, O merciful God, that your church, being gathered together in unity by your Holy Spirit, may show forth your power among all peoples to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
Their needs are heavy, too great to carry. You send your body to lift our burdens. You're right here with us. You are not distant. Our living Savior, we turn our eyes to you. Praise be to God, Christ Creator Spirit. We see you all around us. Praise be to God, working here within us to awaken and renew. We turn our eyes to you. Praise be to God. Christ Creator Spirit, we see you all around us. Praise be to God, you're working here within us to awaken and renew. We turn our eyes to you. We turn our eyes to Hear a reading from Psalm 138. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name because of your love and faithfulness. For you have glorified your name and your word above all things. When I called, you answered me. You increased my strength within me. All the kings of the earth will praise you, O Lord, when they have heard the words of your mouth. They will sing of the ways of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, he cares for the lowly. He perceives the haughty from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you keep me safe. You stretch forth your hand against the fury of my enemies. Your right hand shall save me. The Lord will make good his purpose for me. O Lord, your love endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Glory to the Father, and, and to, to the, the Son, Son, and to, to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. So, you know, we never had a podcast before. We had talked for years about, like, what if we had a podcast? What would it be like? And, and then we would just leave wherever we were eating lunch and then go back to work. And, uh, and then when the stay-at-home order happened in our state, the podcast was a thing that we were drawn to in order to, to give something to our community that we could still practice as a family. It could be a rhythm for us to follow together, even though we were separate and then in the midst of that journey, we experienced the murder of George Floyd and the attention that our communities have given to racism and oppression in our country. And so for most of this journey together in this, doing this podcast, that has been the environment in which we found ourselves that 
uh, as we've talked about the church, as we've talked about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the, the great inclusivity that we see in the movement of the Spirit and of Christ inhabiting people on the earth, that we've talked about uh, what's going on in our current culture, which uh, for many times has been the opposite of what we see in the early church. We've seen our culture, we've seen oppression, we've seen racism, we've seen murder, and we've seen hatred that has for sure existed for much longer than most of us have been alive. So while that has never been a topic of a podcast, it has most definitely informed Mm -hmm. uh, the way in which we see the story of the early church and the way in which we engage in our prayers and our confession and our rhythm of life together. So last Wednesday night, we uh, engaged as a church in a liturgy of lament, and we took uh, the liturgy that was so beautifully written by Latasha Morrison. She leads the Be the Bridge movement, and um, and we took that liturgy and we put it to music, and we and we gathered together and we engaged in what the church would call a penitential order that we were guided through prayers and through liturgy uh, into a place of lament, and we've been joined in that journey uh, by our good friends, Olayinka and Crystal Obasanya. They've been really a gift to our community as we've taken the very first steps in engaging in the practice of lament. So we thought we'd have them with us on this podcast, on this episode, just to talk about what lament looks like in the church, what it looks like in a predominantly white church in this season, and um, how that practice of lament would inform uh, not only our worship, but how it would draw us into deeper and more open places with Christ, with the Spirit of God, as we uh, really do seek to become the brilliant and beautiful expression of the body of Christ in our world, that expression that we see made manifest in the life of the early church. So thank you, Olayinka, for coming to be with us. Of course. And... Um, and so as we, we start on this conversation of lament in the church, uh, I just, um, for those of you that were there on Wednesday, I would like to hear your experience as we gauged in lament as a church, what that felt like. Um, well, you had me read the second lament series, mm. which I kind of wish I had in front of me. It was terrible. It was really hard to read. I didn't make it through very well. But it just was very humanizing. I think it was a very, for me, it was just a moment of like, these are real people. This isn't like a movement. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the difference between that, like praying specifically for the mothers and the fathers and the children. It was like, these are dads and moms. I don't know. It just made it really human um, yeah. for me. It made us realize that we don't do this very well or very often. Yeah. Like lamenting. I would say we really felt the tension mm-hmm. of it, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. There was no, like, filter to keep us from feeling it, you know. It was just right in front of us, and we were... And it was the words of, of Latasha Morrison, and her words are really beautiful, but mm-hmm. they're also really, like, they they stung, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. In, in the way that they probably should. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think it, more than anything, it, it kind of showed us that we don't do this very well or very, or, or very often because it just felt so different and awkward and foreign to us. Yeah. But it ended up being a really good time together. Mm-hmm. It was just, we just had to sit in that tension. And I mean, I don't know for a lot of people if it was a good time. 
I heard from several folks there that it was just, it was, it, it's so through them. Mm. And it's not that their heart wasn't in the right place, and, but it is such a different practice for a church to engage. And when we say this was hard or it was hard, what we're talking about is, is the picture I have is to let the waters that are present in our culture, the, the feeling of oppression and racism, of loss, of hurt, be the waters that flood our worship together, our time together, that we aren't separate from those places of, of hurt and loss and oppression. And um, that, that, to me, Seth and I were talking before we did this, just trying to even find songs that felt like it honored the moment. Um, just in, in like the Christian, this massive database of songs that the church sings. I mean, we lament our inconveniences and we lament our woundedness and our hurt and our struggle at Bloom, for sure, like our struggle of trying to understand God. And, and, and that's like a good and beautiful thing, and that should happen. But I think what I realized on Wednesday is that that sometimes is where we stop. Mm. That we have services like Good Friday and Ash Wednesday, that we lament our own mortality. We lament the sin in our own mm-hmm. hearts, and that mm-hmm. for sure is a beautiful and needed practice for the church. But there's there's more to it that we are just barely beginning to step into. And it's lamenting the pain of the other, of our neighbor, of the human family. And that, so that's what I felt um, just leading that time, is that this is a practice that's new for us as a community. Because we walked into it thinking, of course, Bloom can lament. I mean, we've got the low lights, we've got the candles, we've mm-hmm. got the incense, and we can do this thing. We can be real. And the surprise was that it was, it was hard. It was hard to, to be in that place that the liturgy required of us. Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, kind of like we discussed, the biggest place of lament for me hasn't necessarily been just in the white evangelical church or institution. Mm-hmm. I think it's been in seeing a lot of people who look like me um, around my age, step away from the church, mm-hmm. people who are black, you know, mm-hmm. um, and haven't seen themselves represented yeah. in the church or the broader expression of the church and who don't think that there is space at the table for them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and also the the exodus, you know, that we're seeing in a lot of young mm-hmm. black Americans to worldviews and beliefs where blackness is exalted above spirit, you know, and it's all trying to make sense of how do I take my blackness, which has felt so demonized mm-hmm. and so oppressed and so unseen and so rejected, but it's a part of me and I can't get rid of it. How do I take that, something that's so important and integral to my experience, and how do I pair that with my faith and my beliefs and how I interact with God? Mm -hmm. So I felt a burden to speak into that conversation, but it's incredibly sad to see so many just wrestle. And I mean, even people in the church who are still sticking around, just not not be on solid footing right now, you know, 
because of everything going on. So for me, that's been a huge place of lament. Of course, I lament for, for the church in America, the church globally, but, but specifically that that's what has grabbed my heart in this season. Mm. I think back, it, it was in June, I think you were saying that we're in this, we could possibly be our, our nation, our church in this space of grace in which we have this, um, this chance, this invitation to be better and for the church to be the true expression of the body of Christ, that we would be uh, the justice and, and the love and the compassion of Christ in the world in, in greater measure. Do you see uh, that reality connected to the practice of lament? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do believe scripturally we see moments in the Bible that are referred to as Kairos moments, you know, and these Kairos moments are basically just God soaked moments is the best way I know how to describe it. It just, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's soaked in, it's, it's divine. You know, I think we're in one of those moments where we're in this divine moment and in Kairos moments, what you see in the Bible. So this is an actual Greek word, right? There's the Kronos, Mm -hmm. which is just, time as we know it so it's seconds and minutes and hours and days months but kairos is not measured in human it's just god Hmm. appointed and and i just feel like we're in that time right now so when i talk about like this space of grace i think a lot of people in the church would feel like it's a judgment (laughs) time Mm -hmm. yeah because Corona is out here acting a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Race uh, and racism, it's showing its head like never before. Um, we're in an election year that, Jeez. enough said. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it could seem like we're right now in a judgment season. And I think, I'd probably say, man, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. I wouldn't actually disagree with that. But I would say even in the midst of judgment, there's this opportunity for grace because there's so much that's being exposed and stripped Mm -hmm. and being brought to the light that we actually have the opportunity to repent, Mm -hmm. you know, but not the like performative stuff, you know, not like the just I have to repent because there's so much pressure on me to repent right now. But Mm -hmm. a repentance that comes truly from the heart, you know, Mm -hmm. and lament is one of the best ways to get there to me Mm -hmm. Um, because lament gets you to that place where you sat in the pain and the brokenness and the oppression and the part that you've played in it yeah and it allows you to truly feel what god feels Mm -hmm. and from that place you respond and you repent or you make right what was wrong not in the place of I have to act because there's pressure around me to act. It's genuine. Mm -hmm. It's real. It's authentic, you know? And I think that's the kind of moment I feel like the church is in where the church can respond and lament to get to the place of repentance, to get to the place of making right, and to get to the place of fighting from justice, not responsively, but because it's what we're made to do. One of the things is lament doesn't let you skip to the end, right? You don't just get mm-hmm. to go to the end um, and everything's happy. Like it helps you actually 
go to those places that God is calling. Well, for the, for the white church, right. To go into these places that God is calling us into his heart mm-hmm. instead of just saying, okay, well, we're just anti-racist now. Mm-hmm. Right. And not doing that work in between, mm-hmm. um, that gets to grace, right. but it is absolutely a movement of grace. Even mm-hmm. if we're, those of us who are convicted are wretched, doesn't mean it's not a movement of grace. Like, Mm. I really loved that. I think that's helpful, especially when a majority culture like this hasn't ever experienced oppression and doesn't really know how to do lament. Mm. Um, So I feel like it's, I I watch people really quickly go into despair, like nothing can be fixed, everything is wrong. Mm. But to take Mm. it from a thing, from a place of like, this is actually a grace to you to go through this process, gives people the hope that carries them through all the way, even the hard, the stuff we have to address in ourselves mm-hmm. and, and that work, that deeper work to get there. So I appreciate, I really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. It's all encased in grace. Yeah, it's funny. I was reading Lamentations the other day when we started talking about lament. Like, let, me, oh, let, yeah. let me go ahead and read through Lamentations <laughs> again, you know, because it's such a bright book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uplifting. And, and it's, it's wild, like, I mean, for the first three chapters, I mean, he's really not, it's just sad and heavy, yeah. mm-hmm. the whole book, mm-hmm. really. And and then you think about it, and the most quoted verse in that whole book is Lamentations 3.23, which is, his mercies are new every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about all the other stuff? <laughs> like, who's going who's gonna to preach the sermon on the, yeah. <laughs> on on the, the other, other the, All that's like, there's literally, like, I'm like, you have to, like, literally cherry pick this verse yeah. out of that whole book to mm-hmm. come to that place, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's just, like, I was reading out. I, I found myself even like, all right, you know, at least in the Psalms, you know, at the end of the, the Psalm, there's like the good news, you know, even when David's kind of like, yeah, that last just, line. you know, <laughs> but God is good. complaining about how sucky yeah. life is, yeah. you know, and then at the end, it's like, but God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but God and Lamentations doesn't have that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, you know, chapter end of chapter one and of chapter two, <laughs> yeah. and, nope. you know, nope. and it's, it, it was uncomfortable reading that because I couldn't, I couldn't get my like. Instagram verse mm-hmm. <laughs> in those first couple of chapters, you just really have to sit in the, in the pain. So yeah, yeah. I found that interesting. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say Instagram verse because that just assumes, and I'm with you mm-hmm. that we want to say something profound and that draws people to something more beautiful or to action. And, and that we've kind of, it's somewhere at some place inside of us, we've you know decided that l- lament isn't, beautiful and and engaging something i love that you said is that lament is allowing yourself to feel what god feels which is he you know, puts the supernatural on the whole thing it's not like you could have said it's allowing ourselves to feel what others feel mm-hmm. which is kind of just a human to human i mean that's like a practice and awareness right. but but you said like it's allowing ourselves to feel how God feels, which is to say that God carries within himself the pain that exists in the human experience. But I thought that yeah. was really beautiful. Yeah. That it's like going up. Right. It's not just I'm trying to feel what right. they feel. It's like if I I picture us like trying really hard to lament, like we're like, we're gonna feel what what mm-hmm. they feel. 
whoever they is, but you know, like the people that we have, have hurt or yeah. And, and, and yes, that's it. But there's something about the way you're talking about it, that it's more of just an opening of yourself Mm -hmm. to the God who carries the pain of those who are oppressed and those who are beaten down and those who have been forgotten. Because, I mean, even as I'm talking, you see the life of Jesus. He's carrying those people mm-hmm. every day of his life. So I'm just having this, I'm just having this kind of remodeling in, in my own mind about it right now. Mm-hmm. It's not like us trying harder as the church to feel what others feel as much as it is just a, it's a, practice of opening ourselves up fully to the spirit of God and and perhaps those aspects of the spirit of God that we had said no to before. I mean, is that fair to say? Right. Yeah, no, I think definitely fair to say. And I think when we talk about lament, we're talking about an act of love, right? And and when you see love expressed in the scripture, it's always vertical and horizontal. Mm -hmm. So when, when they ask, all right, what's the greatest two commandments? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm-hmm. And love your neighbor as yourself. So when we see lament as just a social activity and not a theological mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. then I think we actually missed the point. Yeah. Because it is a vertical, like it is connecting with the heart of God. Because his heart does break for these things mm-hmm. and it does break for the brokenness. And I think it also just helps us to not see God as this distant, far off God who's like, y'all figure it out down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll come back on judgment day and, uh, <laughs> and we'll all ride in glory together. Right. <laughs> like it, to the end. Yeah. Let's just get right. Like which yeah. you, you brought mention to um, skipping to the end, you know, he's in the process. He's in the, in the muddiness of it all. Um, and when we make lament something that's both horizontal and vertical, I think, we actually see his hand in the mud. We see his hand in the mess. Mm-hmm. And I think it gives hope in us, you know? Like, it's not just us yeah. humans trying to figure it out, you know? But there is the hand of God in this. Mm-hmm. Well, it is interesting, too, the, like, love God, love others, peace. The work is to do both, not just one or the other. And I think, like, we can get very high-minded mm-hmm. but not do the work with our brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or we can do the work with our brothers and sisters, but not do the work within ourselves mm-hmm. in the high mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if lament is where those two things meet. Like, it's that you are weeping on behalf of what's been done to these people you love, and also bringing the spirit in to do the deep work that needs to be done. You have to have both. Yeah. It's yeah his hand is in the, the mess of the human relationship, but it's also his hand in us. Yes, <laughs> yes, you know, that's right. Moving mm-hmm. and transforming us, not just us as in like human to mm-hmm. human relationship, but just mm-hmm. me and right. him. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. doing that work. And I, yeah, that's good. That question in the baptismal covenant that we ask, will you seek and serve Christ and all people? And the candidate replies with, we will. We will with God's help. Well, yeah, we will with God's help. That's right. Mm. There it is right there. Because mm. you, you're right. You cannot do it without the Spirit of God mm. being the helper and the counselor that he is to us. And so living into that reality that, that we're seeking Christ in all people, that we're seeking that mark of the divine in every human being, 
and not only seeking that we're serving Christ in all people, that to serve a fellow human being is to serve Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me, um, when you two are talking about the practice of lament being an opening of ourselves to the God who carries all people, it's a mystery because it's drawing us into the one who holds all people and all things. Right. And then it's, it's our spirit mingling with the spirit of the one who calls us, who makes us one as mm-hmm. a human family. You can't, we talked about this um, on Saturday, that, that for the body of Christ to, um, to hold the sufferings of each other and to hold the pain of each other, that that, for some parts of the body of Christ and some parts of the world in certain situations, that's like a massive comfort. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about Christians who were beheaded in Nigeria, and you talked about those suffering oppression and racism and those who have no home because they've been made refugees. And like the comfort of knowing that the body of Christ is suffering with you. Mm-hmm. And then right. for us... It's like, it's so hard. It's so heavy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to engage in that. And that to me is what's so heartbreaking. I mean, about myself and about our congregation. I mean, is lament seen as something that's like so beautiful because it's drawing us into the human experience? Or is it seen as like an inconvenience? And I think to that, like, part of the reason I know my, my personal life where lament has has been hard is like there's a million and one things happening in the world <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. all the time there's all kind of brokenness pain that that people are feeling across the world and how can i possibly lament for all these things you know yeah. and i personally have also felt conviction in places where i haven't lamented you know in people groups i haven't lamented for you know that are currently suffering and I think that we also have to be realistic in knowing like every single burden in the world we can't carry, you know? Yeah. But there's ones that are being highlighted, I think, by God. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and ones that are being put into our forefront that I think we have to take the time to lament for, mm-hmm. you know? And we have to address and come alongside because it's like, you know, God is just doing something there, you know? And I think it takes us that awareness of the moment, mm-hmm. you know, an awareness of, of, of the time so that we can lament well, you know? And then I will also say this, I think lament, like you said, is so foreign, you know? Mm-hmm. For so many people, it's like, I mean, I recently helped lead a time of lament with the church and it was just like, well, there's not really, you know, time for it, you know, and the mm. schedule, you know, because we want to do these few worship songs. We want to hit these prayer points and we want to do these things. And I was like, no, look, the time of lament is like needed. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not like, and I just kept fighting for like, we need that this time of lament because if we don't get our hearts in the position that it needs to be in, then our prayers actually mean nothing. Our worship songs mm. mean nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you know, in Isaiah 1, 
uh, where he's talking about like, I, I hate your songs, I hate your festivals, mm-hmm. I hate your new moons because mm-hmm. you're not pursuing justice. You're not yeah. pursuing my yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oof. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's heavy and that's real. But I just think we can easily miss it because we're going with what is normal. We haven't allowed lament to be something mm-hmm. that we're willing to put into our schedules, mm-hmm. our liturgies, our worship, um, our prayers, because it is inconvenient. Mm-hmm. A lament could be five minutes or it could be like, I mean, I've been, I was in a lament session like three, four years ago and it threw off the entire, everything mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. in the schedule was completely thrown <laughs> off. Everybody's on their faces, repenting, crying, mm-hmm. weeping. And, and it was just, like hours and hours, you know, and it, are we willing to allow that to happen in our service? Are we, hmm. and, and, and also kind of like what y'all described, there's the times where it's weird and awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we willing to allow those mm-hmm. to happen as well? Yeah. When we introduce lament into something, it could be the five hour lament session where everybody's on their faces repenting, or it could be the awkward, like, eh, I don't really know what to do with this, but I'm gonna keep pressing in anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's like, are we willing to introduce lament as something that becomes almost a norm, you yeah. know, in church? I think as as a predominantly white church, it probably is going to be awkward for us yeah. because I think lament for us has to happen here first in our hearts and like in our minds as kind of Christ begins to work and the spirit moves and convicts us. And I feel like that's maybe why it's so awkward because it's like we're so far removed from it because we've been living in our little white Christian bubbles for so long that, and like we're so blinded by our privilege and our prejudices that the spirit hasn't even gotten in there yet, you know? So that, that could be another part of the tension that we feel. And I mean, I think a lot of people, especially a lot of people in the white church, at least based on the, the people that I know and follow, like that, that's what's been happening. It's like these little pinpricks in our hearts, especially in the, over the past three months or so, since mm-hmm. probably the death of Ahmaud Arbery, that was kind of when my mm-hmm. eyes were opened mm-hmm. three months ago, four months ago, however long ago. I don't know. Time is weird in a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, we kind of talked about, I think it was on Saturday where we talked about kind of the way that people are, are processing this. It has to start in the quiet place. You know, it has to start in that. Other, otherwise, then it's just like performative. And it's right. just like like you're just feeling the pressure from mm-hmm. society to, to talk about this stuff. But I think we need to be and, there. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but like, yeah. and people feel that. <laughs> yeah. When it's performative... Like, oh, yeah. people know. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's felt when, I know for me, for sure, I don't know if my, like, sensor is, like, particularly high for it, but, like, I know you're just texting me because this is, you feel like this is a moral responsibility right now. hmm Yeah. In a couple of weeks, back to life as usual. Right. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in listening, I'm just sitting here, like, thinking through a couple questions one like practically like why why is lament a practice that's so not practiced there's so many ways that it 
seems to fly in the face of how we would naturally choose things when we're living individualistically, for one. It requires us to be much more aware of people outside of ourselves, of situations outside of ourselves, of circumstances outside of ourselves that may or may not feel like they directly affect us. There's a good chance it could lead to repentance. (laughs) And I don't think that feels comfortable to a lot of us having to start exploring that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it ties into that conversation that we had about the false narratives of repentance and what that looks like and believing that that's a shameful thing and not realizing the life that mm-hmm. comes from that and the goodness mm-hmm. and the grace that you've talked about that can come from that why we're not running towards mm-hmm. repentance. Knowing that, like, I'm just trying to think practically how do we begin then to move forward and either rewrite some of those false narratives or um, lean into those places that we wouldn't naturally choose? It is a practice. Yeah, I just think it's a good question for us to be asking ourselves, why is lament something that I'm not practicing regularly? What's keeping me from that? I wonder sometimes if our tepidness towards the practice of lament and what it could lead to and the the practice of repentance is if it all comes down to trust in the end. Mm -hmm. If we trust the heart of Christ, if we trust Christ to to let us hold the things that Christ holds alongside of him. Yeah, I wonder if that's not some of the fear that Taryn, you were kind of alluding to, is that, um, well, actually, a lot of people have been alluding. It's like, there's so much. How do I carry all of that? And to trust that Jesus will give you give you with him what you need. Um, because I do think you are called into more and more lamenting. I do think he opens your eyes more and more, but it's not like the second you say, I'm going to open myself up to this. You like explode from the sorrow, which I know sounds dramatic, but is, I think is a real fear that if we open ourselves up to a little, the big will consume us. So it is a, it is something that we have to remember that the spirit is brought. It comes as a comforter, and the Spirit will let us be overwhelmed by it, mm-hmm. but it won't let us be destroyed by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not a f- fun journey, but it is like uh, such a good journey. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't he doesn't lead us to despair. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He leads us to death, but he doesn't lead us to that's despair. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. And 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 I think that's just so hard to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how can he lead us into really hard things or allow really hard things to happen Mm -hmm. in our families, in the world around us, and that just not be coupled with, like, despair in my head? You know, like, it's Mm -hmm. how how does that match with hope? (laughs) It's like a, I don't know, you have to tap into the spirit to understand that, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, you, you have to... And I think that's the beauty of lament is we're not just feeling the pain and the weight and the oppression of the world apart from the one who saved the world, you know? Yeah. 
we're doing it with him. That's right. And That's right. Because of that, we don't have to be afraid of going to those hard places. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, we, for that reason alone, that he is the hope of glory, we can enter boldly the same way Paul entered boldly into situations where, <laughs> you know, he's getting stoned and he's getting, right. you know, being in shipwrecked and. But he's entering boldly into those places because he knew the hope of glory yeah, was his. Right. You know, I wonder how that would change our theology mm-hmm. or strengthen our theology. Mm-hmm. Put weight to it. Mm-hmm. You know, when we say and sing these songs, <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus, you're my hope. And, you know, I trust you and I lay my life. Like, I wonder if it adds weight mm-hmm. to what we sing already. Yeah. Yeah, most certainly. And honestly, like as as the worship leader here, at Bloom, <laughs> I I find myself avoiding songs like that because I just I'm like, this won't be authentic to most people. Like mm. singing this, I try really hard to think about the people that are going to be sitting in the room with us. And like, is this just some? Are we singing these things because the church is singing these things, and because? It's just like what we're supposed to be doing or or maybe like these aren't necessarily true of like where we are huh. as a community. So, yeah, I, I, I find myself a lot of the times being like, I don't want to sing a song about hope. Nobody wants to sing a song about <laughs> hope right now. Like mm-hmm. we just want to sing about wanting to know God more and wanting his presence more. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of. Yeah, man, that's it's like very validating to hear well, you, you say that. Well, yeah. What's sitting with me about what y'all are saying, I mean, you use words to describe lament, like it will overwhelm you. It may kill you. It won't lead you to despair. It won't destroy you. But I appreciate just saying it. It's fair to say in this time, in this season, where we live right now, like to take the invitation from Christ to lament, to hold what Christ holds it will overwhelm us. And that doesn't mean that we don't do it. It doesn't mean that we don't take that invitation. I think that if we, if we hid ourselves from every risky place and every uncertain place in Christ, we'd still be on the shore on the boat. We wouldn't have followed him. And so I think it kind of comes back to this theme that we've seen all through Acts, that you can't control the Spirit of God. You can't determine what's happening next or why what happened just happened, but all you can do is open yourself up to the force of beauty and restoration in our Mm -hmm. world. And it may overwhelm us, and that's okay. I mean, I feel like next time, I feel like the next step we take into this journey of lament that it might need to be said in our little community, like this may overwhelm you, and that's okay, because you're not alone in it. And just as John experienced that, journey that he experienced he wasn't alone one single step so that is i mean to me i appreciate you just naming that it is overwhelming it is a death but it's not a despair and it's not a destruction yes it's okay Mm. and right and good and beautiful to be overwhelmed by christ well i hate to repeat myself if you listen to the podcast a lot but the call of Christ is suffer, die, rise. And when we get stuck in mm. one of those, we don't do the full journey mm. of what he wants. Yes, come but unfortunately, on. it starts with suffer mm. and then die. 
then we rest. That's <laughs> yes, alert. When we were uh, with you and Crystal Olayinka on Saturday, Crystal said something that stuck with me about in, in this season in particular, where we're seeing the the reality of systemic racism that our society's built on oppression and murder and racism, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it just it, it is what it is. That um, she said something. That really stuck with me, Janie and I were talking about it. And really, it's the reason that we believe the two of you have been called up in this time to be a voice of reconciliation and peace and, and to call people to beauty in this time. And, and one thing she said was that it's, and what she said um, was that anytime you speak from that place of lament and you speak into the injustice of the world, you, you have these voices in the world, they're going to like, especially in the U.S., that are going to try to put you on some side or put you in a box. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going to say, oh, you must be a Republican. You must be Democrat. You must be whatever. And I love, like, she just had this, like, aggression towards that saying, no, I am am speaking the words of Christ. Yeah. No. That's my wifey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Doing what she does. Um, But no, I, I completely agree with her um, and even just your analysis of that, um, I think you put it very beautifully. You know, the way of lament's not the popular way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it probably won't give you the biggest microphone. <laughs> it won't a- appease the itch in people's ears, mm-hmm. except the people who genuinely desire reconciliation and justice mm-hmm. and, and, and God's voice in it. You know, whether they know it or not, you know, uh, I mean, I've had the opportunity to speak at different protests and things like that. And it's been powerful, you know, because people have haven't seen God in this light. They haven't seen mm-hmm. that God can actually be in the midst of all of this. Right, yeah. So when introducing them to mm-hmm. that God there, a lot mm-hmm. of times pierced our heart, you know, mm-hmm. but. The powers that be, quote unquote, <laughs> can't put us in a box, you That's know, right. Right. and they can't package it to these masses, you know, and that's okay because <laughs> yeah. Jesus wasn't put in a box and packaged to the masses. Mm-hmm. No. You know, he <laughs> sat with 12 people, poured his life out for those 12 and others along the way, but those 12 went and changed the world, you know? And I just, I'm okay with it. Hey, you can throw me to the side. You can throw us to the side as we learn the way of lament. Y'all aren't moving quick enough and you guys are pretty irrelevant. And right now the church in, in whole, I would say is seen as pretty irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't have to stop us. And we haven't lost any authority. Mm-hmm. Unless it's authority that we forfeited mm-hmm. from not entering yeah, that's right. the, the narrow way. That's right. So I still I still believe, like again, going back to this grace moment, we're taking the authority back, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean it's never left, but we're just, you know, we're partnering with the authority of God. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're entering into this moment not looking to get it from the extremes, you know, 
it's it's uncomfortable and it's not again like the popular way but i think it's the only way Mm -hmm. it's the narrow way it's Mm -hmm. the true way it's the Mm -hmm. everlasting way and at the end of the day that's what we were all called to follow is the way Mm -hmm. you know so we have to be steadfast you know in going the way of lament and repentance and reconciliation and building relationship even if it's thrown to the side by the masses because they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soon enough, I think people are going to be forced to face the reality of the authority that, yeah. that we partner with when we took the narrow way. I'd like to, I'd like to hand it to you if I can. And, mm-hmm. and you had a word over our, our community here. And yeah. if, you just, if you could just benedict us. Is that, is yeah. that a word? Nope. nope. Give us a benediction. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just share an encouragement from this morning. I was praying um, for Bloom specifically. I feel like God was just saying that the boat might be shaken, but he's allowed for it to be shaken. And faith is the result of us continuing to hop on the boat and following him. And I'm kind of butchering that a little bit. <laughs> but I hope you get the, gen- the general message. It's just, even when the boat's shaking, don't get off the boat. Um, and I also felt like he was just saying there's a gift of faith on Bloom um, to just be with him, you know, and just like follow him, you know, even if it's weird and it's unique and, you know, it sounds like light steel, <laughs> low, low light candles and, you know, that stuff. <laughs> Just the freedom to be in him, you know, and I think you guys are creating a culture for that to happen. And I think it's going to be uncomfortable for people and it might cause like the boat to be shaken, but keep pressing in at the end of the day, like keep following his lead. Cause I just feel like there's something on this church and me and Crystal have just had the time to just talk about it. And just like, man, they, they're really free to be themselves, you know? And, um, but themselves in Christ, you know, it's not just like on this journey, throw everything to the wayside. You know, I'm just like, you know, floating in. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I'm floating, but I'm floating, but I'm, I'm tethered to Christ, yeah. you know, and I think there's just a gift of faith in that, you know, being tethered to the spirit, you guys can have the freedom to go a lot of different directions and just follow his lead and have full faith mm-hmm. that he's leading you guys to uh, abundance. So, thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah, I really do believe that for, for this church and. Uh, of course, we came during COVID time, so we haven't got to meet anyway. a whole lot of people, but we've gotten to meet a, a good amount of people and on staff and just members. So I think there's something on this church and they decided to partner with y'all in the future, whatever it looks like, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, blessings on this church. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Bloom, may God who gives patience and encouragement give you a spirit of unity to live in harmony as you follow Jesus Christ so that with one voice 
you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be among you and remain in you always. Go in peace to love and to serve Jesus. Amen.